Hey everyone, I'm Thanos Davelis, and welcome back to The Greek Current, a podcast by the Hellenic American Leadership Council and Kathy Merini, where we highlight the top stories of the day every afternoon with analysis from guest experts, policymakers, journalists, and health staff. On Friday, the northern Greek port city of Alexandropolis hosted the largest transfer of U.S. military equipment through the port to date as part of the Atlantic Resolve 2021 exercise. U.S. Ambassador Joffrey Payet, who was in Alexandrupoli along with Greek Defense Minister Nikos Panagiotopoulos and other officials, said that the ever-growing volume of military activity at the port city underscores its expanding strategic role and importance for Greece, for the United States, and the wider region. In another sign of the growing importance that U.S.-Greek relations have acquired, we saw the first delivery of M1117 armored security vehicles from the United States to Greece and Kathimerini reported that the United States is planning to invest $33.5 million at Larissa Air Base. Vasilis Nedos, Kathimerini's diplomatic and defense editor, joins The Greek Current to break down these key developments. Vasili, welcome back on The Greek Current. Thanks for having me back. Vasily, leading U.S. and Greek officials were in Alexandrupoli today for the Atlantic Resolve 2021 exercise. Just how significant was this exercise? Well, Atlantic Resolve is a much broader exercise, and uh, the rotation and redeployment of U.S. forces through the port of Alexandrupolis is a part of that. The redeployment of U.S. forces through Alexandrupolis was the biggest up to date. And according to the numbers we have, we're talking about the total number of 2,000 vehicles and equipments, about 90 helicopters in total, and of course many thousands of troops that are accompanying all those elements, if I may use a military term. You had Alan Makovsky at the Greek Garden. Uh, he described, I think, Alexandrupolis in our interview to Kathmerini as well, that it's like a way of bypassing the straits, but not necessarily vis-a-vis Turkey, but mostly to have uh, U.S. forces deployed to the Black Sea, NATO member states in a much quicker and more efficient way. I'm quite sure that we are going to see much more than just that. And uh, what we saw today was definitely a taste of what we will see in the coming years in the relationship between the United States and Greece in terms of defense cooperation. A large portion of the equipment and the servicemen and women are heading to Greek bases like Volos and Stefanovikio. How will they be cooperating with their Greek counterparts there? I think that the elements that are going to Stefanovikio are from the 1st Airborne Brigade of the U.S. Army, and it's mostly Black Hawks and Apache helicopters and the 400 personnel. They will be training alongside their Greek counterparts for the next six months until they get redeployed back to Eastern Europe or in the end of the day, back to Texas, to the United States. So it's training, understanding each other, and cooperating in a much more efficient way. I think that the servicemen of First Cab, First CAB, are very, very excited to be back in Greece. At least that's what we've heard from a lot of those people. They believe that their Greek counterparts are uh, you know, people that they can rely on and they can work together and learn from each other. So it's not just a relationship between just the two allies, but it's a relationship between forces that comprehend each other very well in a lot of ways. There are some that are beginning to call Alexandrupoli the Suda of the North. Given the importance of this exercise that just took place there and plans that the U.S. and Greece have for further developing the port, can it really play that role of, you know, a Suda of the North? Well, I wouldn't go as far as describing Alexandrupoli as Suda of the North because Suda has a completely different function for U.S. armed forces than Alexandrupolis. 
Alexandrupol is a corridor for uh, U.S. armed forces. Suda is a port where uh, the forces are based. We have uh, home porting of ships, and we have uh, huge maintenance facilities. I would say that we may see similar bases to Suda in other places around Greece, and not so much in Alexandrupolis. U.S. Greek cooperation at Alexandrupolis is not just limited to defense, but also has an important economic element. How was this dimension of the U.S.-Greek partnership at the port city highlighted today? Well, uh, as you uh, already know, the United States have an interest to acquire the port of Alexandrupolis. It's uh, on a privatization trajectory. The states are very committed to acquire the port. According to some, that possible purchase of the port would combine with Kavala as well, but we'll see how that will uh, play out in the coming weeks and months. But for now, there are two U.S. companies, two U.S. consortia that are interested in acquiring the port. I think it's Black Summit and Quintana. And according at least to what U.S. Ambassador in Athens, Jeffrey Pyatt, said, those American companies are uh, there to win that process and uh, create economic opportunity. Alongside the privatization project, we also have the FSRU unit in Alexandrupoli and the plan of the area there becoming a hub for energy as well. In that regard, it's interesting to also say that the Greek side had also a proposal in the previous months about expanding a NATO fuel pipeline to other countries in the region, to Bulgaria and uh, North Macedonia and then to Bulgaria to Romania. So indeed, it is true. There is, of course... Trans-Adriatic pipeline tap transits through the region of Eastern Macedonia and Thrace. So I would say that indeed it is true, Alexandrupolis does not only have a certain military significance in terms of the rotation and redeployment of U.S. armed forces in the eastern flank of NATO, but also as an energy hub and also as an opportunity of, you know, creating economic opportunity Let's not forget that Eastern Macedonia and Thrace is one of the most underdeveloped and poor regions in Greece. So it's not only about defense, it's about economic growth. It's about giving incentives to local people to stay there and have decent jobs for themselves, too. In another sign of the growing importance that U.S.-Greek relations have acquired, you wrote this week that the United States is poised to invest a significant amount of money at Larissa Air Base. Why is this important, and do you think that we'll be seeing similar investments in other bases as well? That's a very interesting question, Hanno. I think that the news about the investment of 33.5 million at Larissa Air Base is connected directly to the enhanced capability of the United States to invest capital in Greek bases after the new MDCA. Because of the multi-year, five-year agreement, it means that much more funds can be allocated for the purposes of uh, renovating some of the infrastructure. In the case of Larissa, it's uh, $33.5 million is about building two new hangars in Larissa Airbase and also some supporting buildings. And especially on the Larissa Airbase, I should note that Larissa Airbase in the previous years was a station for US F-15s. U.S. flying tankers KC-135 for U.S. Uh, UAV also. So it's a very important airbase that Americans want to invest, they want to be there, uh, they want to be present. I think that we are going to see similar investments in bases in Volos. My information are uh, 
about a possible investment of almost a similar amount as the one for Larissa Air Base. So I believe that the American Armed Forces are creating an environment worth stationing possibly much more correctly than basing, because I think that the new U.S. posture is anyway not about basing, but about rotating and redeploying. It's a more flexible uh, dogma. And I think that this is what we see in Alexandrupolis in those rotations, through Alexandrupolis. We see a more flexible U.S. military posture. So we're going to see many more of that kind of investment in Volos, also on a military camp just outside Alexandrupolis. And of course, I believe that we are going to see very big things happening in Sudan. I'm not yet sure on what the extent of the works of the infrastructure improvements that are going to occur in, in Sura Bay, but I think that in the coming years we are going to see Sura Bay, other than just being the best in the med for the U.S. Navy, being also a very effective solution for almost all kinds of ships of the Sikh fleet. Aside from direct U.S. investments and an expanded U.S. military presence at Greek bases, we're also seeing an expansion of cooperation in the field of surplus military equipment and new proposals for armament programs. What are the latest developments on this front? First of all, only yesterday there was the ceremony of handing the first of the M1117 armored vehicles of military personnel transport. This, according to the official features is about a billion dollar worth. Indeed, it solves a huge problem of the Greek army, the Greek land forces that had very old vehicles. And this is indeed very handy for the Greek armed forces because these vehicles are going to be used on a daily basis all throughout Greece. We're talking about almost 1,200 vehicles. The number is close to that level. That handing was through the excess defense articles uh, capability that the Pentagon uh, gives to NATO allies. Through that, in the previous years, we also saw the Kaiovas being purchased for a very small amount of money by the Hellenic army. And I think that we are going to see much more than this. What we also know is that the Greek army has uh, been uh, interested for uh, 17 vehicles of amphibious assault. The figure there that the Greek army is willing to spend is $25 million. You do understand that this is a very small amount of money for 17 uh, vehicles. And this is to replace all the Soviet BMP-1 vehicles, which uh, are slowly being phased out from the Greek military. So this is another option. And I think that this is going to move forward. I should also add the Mark V uh, fast attack boats that were acquired and are used by the Hellenic Special Operations Forces. So indeed, in terms of equipment, there is huge potential of acquiring U.S. equipment that is not used anymore by the U.S. Armed Forces. On the M117, I should note that these are not just some uh, equipment coming out of a storage uh, somewhere uh, far away in America, but these are vehicles that came out of the U.S. Army Europe base in Germany. So these were equipment that were used and very able and very well maintained also. Vasily, what about on the front of armament proposals? Well, for sure, what we know is that in the coming days, Lockheed Martin, with the support of the United States, I believe, will propose the upgrade of the four MECO-class frigates of the Hellenic Navy. The four MECO-class are the newest, more modern frigates of the Hellenic Navy. 
after the agreement between um, Greece and France for acquiring uh, new frigates, there has been some discussion on the future of MECO. It seems that the Americans want to take MECO to the next level of their capabilities and modernize them in a way that would give those units another 20 years of operational life. In your latest piece, Vasily, you also wrote about discussions around Greece acquiring F-35s. What are your sources telling you here? Now, I know that it's always very interesting to talk about F-35s. I believe, Fano, that we're not going to see something very soon. But from what very credible sources told Kathimerini, no matter when the process to acquire F-35 starts from the Hellenic Air Force, it's going to take five years. So if we started tomorrow, we would have F-35s on the December of 2026. If we start on 2022, uh, 2027, and so on, this is, uh, I would say, the process, the way that Lockheed Martin and, of course, U.S. Air Force is operating. Because after you have an agreement about acquiring a system like the F-35, in the meantime, we will have to have new infrastructure to house those fifth-generation aircrafts. We will have to have our pilots trained on the Greek aircrafts in the United States. So that's a five-year process. I wouldn't say it's premature to talk about F-35, But I think that we still have some way to cover until Greece will be ready to acquire F-35s. Vasily, thanks for joining us again on The Greek Current. Thank you, Thano. In other news, Cyprus on Friday rebuffed claims it was violating Turkey's continental shelf by awarding exploration licenses in the Mediterranean to ExxonMobil and Qatar Petroleum, saying it was within its sovereign rights. Cyprus granted an exploration license in Section 5 of its declared exclusive economic zone, which lies south-southwest of the island. Turkey said the move violated its continental shelf, adding it would not allow quote-unquote unauthorized exploration in the area. Cyprus's foreign ministry said in a statement that Turkey deliberately fails once again to comply with international law by making groundless claims and disregarding the position of the international community in full support of the sovereign rights of the Republic of Cyprus in its own continental shelf. Finally, Amazon's announcement that one of its new Amazon Web Services local zones will be in Greece was one more vote of confidence in the prospects of the Greek economy, Prime Minister Kyriakos Mitsotakis said on Friday. Speaking in a teleconference with Amazon executives, Mitsotakis underlined that Greece is changing rapidly and becoming a hub for investments in high technology. He said it was very encouraging that major global players were choosing Greece as a place to establish a permanent presence. An Amazon executive said Greece was chosen partly because of the government's work in the preparatory process, but also because of the change seen in the Greek economy compared to the previous decade. That wraps up today's episode of The Greek Current. Thanks for tuning in.